Yeah, a huge fourth quarter for the T-Wolves last night in OKC to upset the Thunder at home and take control, a little bit of control, of the one seed in the West, a half game ahead of the Nuggets. Anthony Edwards, 27. Carl Anthony Towns, 21 and 10 boards. Rudy Gobert, 18 boards to go with 10 points as well. It is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you. And yes, Von Dalzell of NBC Sports for his usual Tuesday visit coming up in about 40 minutes from now. In 20 minutes, we start the first of our series of looking back on the NFL year in review, division by division. We'll start with the NFC East and back into college hoops one hour from now with Isaac Trotter of 24-7 Sports. But with two big games to talk about in the NBA tonight between the Sixers and the Warriors, that's the late game, and the Pacers and the Celtics, an early game to keep an eye on. Let's revisit one more time what went down last night, if Aaron can get it together, um, based on what's going on in the chat that I just looked we're still We're still stunned by the subjects of conversation on Club Shay Shay. I'm jealous, man. I wish we weren't uh, dealing with the FCC at times. Like, I would like to talk about some things. But, you know, we, we, we can't. We have bosses. And there's Those- worse... Is a lot worse. Unfortunately, children could be listening, so yeah. you have to be censored. Those, those two topics in particular, though, I think are... They could slide on our show. <laughs> Should we just Maybe. talk about you one gotta of them? you got to be careful. You got, which uh, one? What's the safest the one? Farting? I mean, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Female flatulence, yes or no? I'm a fan. After Big the game. Fan. Like, <laughs> nobody like wants when that. is that a quality you look for in a woman? Nobody sure wants that's... that. Or is that there's no like corner of the universe is... where people like that, right? Is is it a question of whether it happens or not? Was that the debate? Yes. Women do not fart. End of discussion. Really? <laughs> Also, to answer Joe's question lie, of do people like that, there's corners of the internet where people like I've seen people requesting in pe- in women's oh. replies to uncensor their armpits. So people what like does that anything. Mean? What does that mean? Like I've seen what? girls Harry post armpits? pictures. No, I've seen girls post pictures where they put like an emoji or something over their armpits, and guys in the replies being like, "Why'd you censor your armpits?" Ew. God. What corners <laughs> of the internet are you visiting? Why? Yeah, that's the question. Dude, this guy. This it's guy, all research purposes. Anything. He will find research. anything out there. So this research is like purposes. the feet it's for the sake thing, of the but show. for armpits. Correct. Wow. People, there's no like armpitfinder.com. I have to go check my there? photos. I haven't sure gone I that deep in archive. That's... that's... This is so, it's so disgusting. I feel vulnerable. So yeah. <laughs> to be Chelsea wears tonight like, on... cut off tops every day. I'm going to warn oh, her. You got no. to yeah. cover up. <laughs> Put an emoji there. Okay. Did, did right. any dudes ever shave their armpits? Anyone on this no. show? There, shave, there were shave. Paul, I'm guessing yeah. you did. I've no, I've trimmed. No, I, I was, like, 
I got made fun of because I was Jesus and I was hanging like on the cross. Hanging down. Like, like there were multiple yearbook posts. Being, like, you going to break those things, boy? And then yeah. drawing like the, the pit hair on. It was like oh, the right no. amount. Not shave like, my armpits. Some people have a lot. Like I remember when I was a kid, I used to look at my dad and be like, Dude, it's like coming out the sides. Like, what's going on here? Why is it so long and straight? Like, you got to trim that up a little bit. Yeah. It's got somebody in a headlock there that I don't know about. What's going on? It's up, it's, no, you wear like tank tops in the summer. Uh, um, All right. So, Paul, you were like a no-go and people wanted you to, to shave down? Well, just – I no, I mean, like, I got I got a little heat for it for being all natural, but, you know, and then people would That's, go, like, you know, they Chris, do the tank this is the way. with the shave. I'm like, what are we doing this is, yeah. this is how Paul lives, all natural. That's that's real all deal. Natural. When he goes for the masseuse, yeah, all natural. It's <laughs> only the towel. <laughs> Paul famously goes commando every he day, goes commando. so that doesn't surprise. I'm every not day, everywhere, today. famously. But I did go to the Every- gym this morning, so I did not go. I'm not going commando right now. So, oh, do you no. go commando at the gym? I would think you no. want to. With the kettlebell, hey, you're the one that doesn't wear <laughs> shoes. Like, I'm not. There are people that go commando Watch. without shoes at the gym. Those Watch are the out. people that belong in jail. Watch where you're swinging those kettlebells. <laughs> I feel like you have to go commando in yoga pants, though. Like, you can't have the underwear line showing there. Oh, I'll wear dude leggings. Like, Once again, your DMs that. are about like, to be a disaster, <laughs> Hawk. Wait, what What advice did you just share? Let me get this straight. <laughs> Never mind. Hawk's going to have to hire a social media manager to comb through these DMs <laughs> that are about to start coming yeah. through. I, th- I thought that's what a I thought that's what a thong was for to not show the line to have the no sh- no show line. I'm true. You could do that too. Okay, so you don't <laughs> have to go commando, Hawk. Well, Max is her opinion. Is researching this part of this is her opinion. <laughs> she wants everybody to go commando. Thank you all daily after like dark Paul's tonight advice. on your Instagram feed. Um, okay, I think we've gotten. Hmm. This league. Oh, man. Yeah. The <laughs> this, NBA. <laughs> well, how about the NBA last night, friends? Um, yeah. <laughs> Lakers blitzed by the Rockets. Um, and at least for my money, it looked like Dylan Brooks continues to have, like, a Vulcan mind meld on LeBron and the Lakers. He catches LeBron in the face with, a like, a forearm as they're battling for a rebound, LeBron goes down like he's been shot from the grassy knoll, obviously. And Jared Vanderbilt, next possession, tries to stand up for his mans. And Dylan gets <laughs> a double T. He's gone. Uh, LeBron, AD, D'Angelo Russell, 23 mm-hmm. points each. But AD just plays 29 minutes, gets just seven boards, uh, crushing Aaron's double-double hopes, which were a part of her parlay. Because... The Lakers were down 24 to the Rockets at the end of the third quarter. You know, they have a game like they did in the 2 OT winner uh, against Golden State. That's all well and good. Everybody feels good for like five seconds. And then they go to Houston and get absolutely owned by the Rockets. Um, this is exactly what they've been all year, Joe. Up, down, up, down, somewhere around 500. They're right at 500 
right now. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is just a case of a, a veteran-led team who needs to wait for March to come around before they wake up. Well, the Lakers uh, were part of this last night, uh, but just everywhere you looked, it's like, oh, there's a dog covering. There's another dog mm-hmm. covering. Uh, you mentioned Boston earlier. They, with their late run, yes, they ended up winning. They almost covered against New Orleans, but they did not. But I'm, look, I think they were 10-2 and two against the spread underdogs last night. I mean, amazing. Wow. And, and many of them just winning outright. That Lakers line was funny to me yesterday at one at Houston yeah it's like something something isn't right here and you know we guessed that maybe it was because questionable tag for LeBron and AD both ended up playing LeBron played a lot by the way and Lakers are going to play again tonight um AD not as much so yeah it had me thinking about tonight's game they're going to Atlanta it's their third game in four days, and Atlanta is is the worst in the NBA at covering the number. They've only covered twenty four percent of the time, eleven and thirty five ATS, and Atlanta's favored by five and a half. Guys, mm. again, something's weird there, right? It's like, yeah, where are you going to go? That it is yeah. tough because you've got to think the Lakers are gassed at this point too, right? You know. Uh, well, yeah, between the Lakers road trip, that, that, that Suns road trip that we were talking about earlier, that they've still got three games left, 12 days. The Bucks just set off on this five-game road trip. It feels like there are teams, whether they're near the top of the standings but still in turmoil like Milwaukee or fighting to find their feet and get their legs underneath them like the Suns and the Lakers who are in just survive mode. Right now, like just just get us through this trip. Just get us through this this patch. Get us through this part of the schedule where, like we were talking about last week, it's mid to late January, and you know, in the Lakers' case, it's a little different because you're fighting to 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 try and get out of a play-in spot or just just hold on to a, a play-in spot. In some cases, uh, for the Suns, it's a little different as well. For the Bucks, it's 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 all about not slipping much more or actually finding who you are with Doc taking over. But teams that are, are looking to find some kind of motivation, I guess, mm-hmm. at this point in the year where there just isn't much otherwise. It's like, to bring up the Celtics again, Joe, like they had, they were what, 20-0 and or something at home to start the season or 18-0, and whatever it was, and they lose two in a row at home. They nearly lose to the Pelicans last night, down big at halftime. Uh, it's that part of the year. It's it's like when we get to say, you know, just after the All Star break in baseball, almost, or just past the trade deadline, and you're going, okay, we're a playoff team, but we've been doing this for three or four months now, and we just need to get to the playoffs. Yeah, Boston, it's seven and a half point favorites tonight. It's it's another one of those. What do you do with this? So Indiana, I. Halliburton might return. They put him as questionable. He said he's coming back. He's, he yeah. said explicitly he's coming back. Said it yesterday, right? Um, yeah. And then, but Matherin is now downgraded to questionable. So what are you going to get there? Porzingis, he didn't play last night. He might play today, but there's just so much up in the air right now with the with this number. If if you're telling me Halliburton's going to be out there, you know, Boston with the I'd back to back, big number. Yeah, I would take the dog there. Yeah, I mean they're seven and two in his last nine starts. Aaron twenty and fifteen with him in the lineup. 
as opposed to seven and five without the question of Mathurin is is a valid one as Joe brings up. Uh, but the Pacers are two and one against the Celtics this season for what's that for what that's worth. Although all three have been played in Indy. Yeah, I mean, I have a tough time with betting sides in the NBA with. A, sometimes you don't know how teams are playing, but like more and more, it just seems like, does the regular season matter? And it's hard to know where, when to pick and choose those spots. So maybe it, yeah, it is a good opportunity here just to, you know, take the points with the Pacers. Uh, almost I makes you guys, wonder if, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say about one that I'm looking at, like trying to gauge motivation and that, and that was part of it. And, you know, injuries, uh, unsure of um i was looking at golden state philly tonight so the oh. warriors at home they're favored by three and a half they're they're gonna be in a dog fight to get to the play-in at this point yeah and they they just had like people are killing them they just lost a couple in a row but they're really close losses it was double overtime loss to the lakers it was a one point high scoring loss to the kings they play better at home than on the road. But, um, and, you know, Philly, is Embiid going to be out there? Don't know. I would lean no. Is Maxi going to be out there? Unsure it, about his status. So that's probably why we've got the Warriors as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm thinking Golden State. You guys have a strong opinion on this. Philadelphia, they do not have a good road record this year. 12-20. and 20. No. They don't. They're about just over 500 on the road. Um they're, I think, or are they worse? I think they're worse. On that. I believe they're okay. 12 and 20, unless I wrote it down wrong, which is certainly I, possible. To answer your question, I think Golden State will be motivated. So they're just starting a road trip, so they should be pretty fe- fresh. They just, you know, had pretty slim losses against the Kings and the Lakers. Um, 12 and 10, sorry. Do we expect yeah. to see Embiid in the lineup? No, I, I, don't, I don't expect to see Embiid until we, we until we actually see him out there on the floor. Like, and again, this is a team with the Sixers. It, what, what is this? Four of I'm not sure how much longer this road trip extends, but they're out west it, this time of year where it feels like oh they've got one more in Utah on Thursday night. So yeah. they're in the middle of an eight day five game road trip. Another team I don't want to say in survival mode. Not that the Sixers are struggling to survive, but like. Without Embiid playing, you brought up the idea of Maxi maybe sitting on the second of a back-to-back, Joe. Like, three and a half is not a number I want to leap at with Golden State, but we get me down to can – can you get me down to three? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Is that, I see four and a half in spots, so probably not going to get there. Um, I'd think about it. I'd give it a good long, hard think, Aaron. It seems like they're pretty motivated. They were in a dogfight against the Lakers and just barely lost. Now they've got to get a W at home before they hit the road. So I like the Warriors. Well, you can't look forward without first looking back. We begin our NFL year in review with the most underachieving division in football, the NFC East, next right here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Second and two here, though. Here's Prescott over the middle. It's going to be picked off. And no one in front of him. Darnell Savage 
touchdown. Second and four. Here's another broken tackle. This is the rookie Trey Palmer, and he is gone. Touchdown, Buccaneers. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome to the playoffs in the NFC East. Oof. Packers blown out by the Cowboys, or excuse me, Packers blew out the Cowboys, and uh, the Bucks did the same to the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs, and two teams that we talked about so highly, God, just six weeks ago maybe, eight weeks ago maybe in the case of the Eagles, completely fall on their faces. It is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, I'm Chris Mack. Be sure to watch the show, twitch.tv slash betql or on YouTube, where you get highly descriptive uh, visuals of what we think Rex Ryan's teeth look like. And you can listen as well, live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world. On your Odyssey app, it's free. Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and take us with you. Or download us later as a podcast, anything you may have missed. So, we're going to look back day by day over the next week or so, week plus, on each division in the NFL, an NFL year in review. And today we start with, as we said before the break, the most underwhelming division probably. Maybe not the worst division in the NFL. Yeah, I'm looking at you, NFC South. Uh, but the most underwhelming division in the NFL this year, in so much as a year ago, there were three playoff teams from this division. Now, you could possibly have two rebuilding organizations in this division uh, and two organizations that don't quite seem to know if they're solidified in the direction they're headed, especially with their head coaches. Dallas, Philly, the Giants, and Washington. Joe, you remember when Cowboys were 5-1 to one at one point uh, on, on Super Bowl futures? They won the NFC East while the Eagles collapsed. And then they fall apart, as we heard, against the Packers. But they're bringing back Dak. McCarthy's still in place. CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, and a whole bunch of drama, at least familial social <laughs> media drama, people's brothers and mamas and cousins involved on Instagram and other places. Um, this is a huge offseason for the Cowboys in so much as, is there an extension for Dak? If so, how much money do they commit to him? If there isn't an extension, uh, is it a lame duck year next year? I mean, Jerry Jones seems solidified in McCarthy and Dak being the guys to lead this forward, but what proof is there that it's going to work? It was a great regular season, but everything about the Cowboys is about what happens in the postseason, or what does not happen, how they fall apart. Um, as far as Dak, like it was a huge bounce back year. What, 13 more touchdowns? I know he missed some time the year before. Interception in fewer games in 2022, he threw six more interceptions than he did this past season. Like that, that was big about this year. CeeDee Lamb was unreal man. And he didn't even do much in the first month. And he still ended up being second in receiving yards, only 50 behind Tyreek. He's as good as anyone out there. Um, They have things they need to fix. They, they're not, their run game was non-existent this year. In a year where scoring was down, in a year where there were certain high-level teams that really struggled to stop the run, 
you needed that element a little bit. And what do we know about the Cowboys? They're going to beat up on the bad teams. They did it to Washington twice, the Giants twice, Carolina, New England, the Jets. They can do that. But of their five losses in the regular season, four of them are playoff teams. They, they can't compete on that level. And that's why I felt that McCarthy had to go. Like, yeah, he's a good regular season offensive coach. You can win the division. You get double-digit in victories. Fine. But is he going to bring you to that next level? Is he among these coaches that are left standing? Shanahan, Andy Reid, even the ones that were playing this past weekend that didn't win. He's not going to elevate everything. And you don't know if you're losing Dan Quinn, which is where he succeeds the most. So there's a lot of questions, Aaron, about what this team is going to be. They're the only team in the division that got over. They killed the over nine and a half. Okay, great. You can be a regular season juggernaut, but what are you going to do when it really counts? Yeah, I mean, first of all, if maybe you're bringing in Ron Rivera, have fun with that. Did not like the fact that they're keeping McCarthy. You, It seems like they could be losing Quinn, there's a lot to be concerned about. And maybe that's what the Cowboys need, like less attention or maybe not as much pressure because by keeping McCarthy losing Quinn, like I wouldn't be as high on them. I remember to start the season, remember they beat the Giants 40 to nothing. And then they beat the Jets 30 to 10. And then they lost to the Cardinals. And I was like, there's my Cowboys team that I know and love. Like they just would have these weird losses that always made me a little suspect. And then of course we know the narrative about the playoffs. So this, uh, it'll be curious. I will be curious to see who will be on that team in terms of the coaching staff uh, and what they do with Dak because his window is closing. Maybe he is part of the problem. Maybe it's just all the pressure that Dallas seems to have uh, because, you know, everyone talks about America's team. It's always making headlines. So, yeah, I I think the McCarthy thing keeping him just set a tone that uh, it's more of the same. Jerry wants to control everything. That's all that is, right? I mean, he's not yeah. going to bring in these these guys that want to, want control of the roster. Nope. Belichick. Well, but they they have to have, <laughs> but they have to. Oh, the big decision is again. Okay, fine. You're going to keep McCarthy around another year, and maybe he helped uh, Dak cut down on turnovers this year, whatever it may be. But the question is, is it, okay, great. Dak cut down on turnovers during the regular season. Great. Is he worth a $60 million cap hit next year? No, he's not. Nobody is short nope. of, you know, a Patrick Mahomes. Um, mm-hmm. So how do you restructure things? And how contentious does it get? Again, we say it all the time. The, the big D stands for drama. <laughs> That's what it's going to be this offseason, man. It's yeah. going to be Jerry and... Dak and the social media whirlwind around all of it because somebody will be mad. And if it gets bad enough, would the Cowboys ever just wipe their hands? Or do they go into it in a lame duck Dak season? I can't. But there's a lot that I think would point towards that as well. Uh, but there's, it, it's going to be a tumultuous offseason in Dallas. I think that is the easiest part to say. It's already been tumultuous in Philly. 10-1. Um, they start 10 and one and they fall 
to bits down the stretch. One and five to close the regular season. The loss in Tampa was ugly as well. Uh, Coordinator roulette being played. The defense looked terrible down the stretch, despite Jalen Carter's defensive rookie of the year quality season and some other young pieces. But do they know what they want to do with Jalen Hurts? Um, For a while, it was just target AJ and hope that piles up enough points and we'll get out alive. And that worked for, again, most of the season. But they end up falling short of their win total. Um, This is a team that's never committed to a running back. And DeAndre Swift is uh, due to be a free agent. You've got the Jason Kelsey retirement kind of throws the offensive line into a little bit of a Mm -hmm. topsy-turvy position as well. You know, we talked right after the wild card round about teams that we may feel better about. You know, teams like the Texans, for example, or... Um, you know, teams that you could feel good despite the fact they lost in the playoffs. This is a team, despite starting 10-1, and one, I don't feel good about it at all because I don't know about the direction. They don't even know if, they're, if they want to hang on to their head coach. Well, that's the thing with this division. Which team do you feel good about? So this ties into Dallas as well, and I think it points to Philly, but we know the stat. We're going to talk about it when we get to the summer, and we're previewing this division again with the odds. 2004. No repeat champion in the division. So it was just Dallas, you know, going into last year. Like, okay, I guess you bet Dallas as the second favorite because you don't get a repeat winner. And there's some positive changes, I think. Um, They got there, but just by a game came down to the very end. So if you're saying it's not going to be Dallas, it's got to be Philly because we're not going to pick the commandos for sure. Probably not the Giants. Can the Eagles win the division next year? That's going to be tough. By Where they're at, I think everything's – you're right, though. Everything's trending down. Um, similar conversation with the Cowboys. Should Sirianni have stayed? I I would lean no. I, I, I was a hard no on McCarthy, and I was leaning no as far as Sirianni. But, Aaron, in the end, when we got the sample size of a full season – Eagles are who we thought they were. They were 10-1. and one. They were not a 10-1 and one team. And then they proved us correct by going under the win total of 11.5, just uh, faltering at the stretch, 1-5. and five. And they, All those one-score games went their way early. Nobody believed in them that they were real. Overtime wins, close wins. They changed both coordinators, but I don't know how much is really going to change in the end. So I would be curious to see what the division odds are. I might bet on the commanders because I don't think anyone else will. If if they can, you know, get off to a good start, I mean, they do have some good pieces. Uh, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, the defense is right there. I don't think they're that far off if you can get a quarterback to play. I mean, it would be t- ma- making a Texans type of leap. I mean, obviously they are in rebuilding mode, but I think this division's a mess. So I would it just is. take where yeah. the value is. And I mean, even um, the Giants, you know, when Dayball won coach of the year, like no one was expecting them to be where they are. I think the commanders, if all the right pieces and things start to go their way, I think they could be successful pretty quickly. It depends on who the head coach is, right? We still don't know. Is it Ben Johnson? Um, do they He's end a quarterback? up? quarterback. Fall- yeah. It, it, you know, you, <laughs> I'm, you're pretty sure you don't exactly. have the quarterback, right? So yeah. what happens well, they got the there? number two um, pick, right? So, okay. 
So that leads you down the path of rebuilding May, again. Because the, the, who, who, are, who are the weapons around said quarterback? Okay, McLaurin, Dotson's a decent second-tier wide receiver. And then what? And you make a point. There's talent on the defensive line, but the back seven of that team got absolutely true torched this season. They're that awful. defense was terrible in the back seven. And so, like, you're, I think you're talking about, like, it was already a rebuild. Now the new owners come in. They want to rebuild things their way. They can't figure out who they want as head coach. Uh, do we want somebody with experience like Quinn? Do we want Ben Johnson? Does Ben Johnson want to come here? Like, I think Washington is much more, is trending much more in the direction of, if you give me six and a half wins, I'm taking the under. I, I just, I, it's going to wow. be. Yeah. yeah I, I don't, I don't see, think it'll be that bad. I but don't. If you're, hey. if you're starting over at quarterback again, then I think you have to expect it to be that bad. And then, like you said, if everything works out and you're talking about yourself as a possible wildcard team late in the year, that's the pleasant surprise for commanders fans. I don't think you can bet on, like I'm betting on the, the on-field failure continuing as much as the off-field failure has seemingly maybe started to trend in a positive direction. You could get the head coach right. You could get the quarterback right at two. And I still wouldn't pick you to win the division because let's not forget that they traded away their best defensive pieces at the trade deadline last year. Like without sweat, like we saw what that defense is. I mean, but just seeing up close personal, what sweat did for the bears defense, like to that elite level was, was certainly impressive. Um, I just don't see what they have to build around. If they hit what the quarterback, they okay, get in cool. Return for that with sweat it's a, and chase. It's a second round, second and a yeah. second and yeah, a third. Yeah, like I mean, you can you can get some cornerbacks and and fix that secondary. I'm just saying, I think I, I think a lot of people will be thinking more like Chris, and maybe there will be some value mm-hmm. in the Commanders, like you said, if they get the head coach, if they get the quarterback and exceed expectations. The Eagles are a disaster. Who knows what the Giants are going to be? They've got their own problems. Dallas is who I'd be the most concerned about. Like, if you want to fade Dallas and Philly, I don't have a problem with that. But be tricky. But picking between the Giants and the Commanders, I would probably go Giants for this year. They didn't have yeah. Daniel Jones from Week Five on, and they're going to have weapons though. The number six pick. Well, I would think they're going to take the best receiver on the board. Yeah, for for New York, it's totally about are you committing to Barkley for another year, like twelve to thirteen exactly. million? How does he, he respond to that? Like he didn't out. even. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he didn't even go through the exit interviews. He didn't want to even talk about uh, whether he's getting tagged again or not. He says he's numb to that idea. They're just as close to a rebuild, I think, as Washington is to continuing theirs. Right. Because there are no other weapons outside of Saquon, and they're committed to Daniel Jones now. And there might be a little bit of talent on the defensive side, but not enough. And that's the difference. The entire division's a mess, but at least Dallas and Philly are talented messes. New York and Washington, untalented messes. It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Check us out on your Odyssey app. And coming up next, Von Dalzell of NBC Sports shares some favorite early Super Bowl bets. Plus... Plus, excuse me, plays in NBA and college hoops as well. Next on BetQL Daily. 
We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. And it is BetQL Daily for a Tuesday morning every weekday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. We're right here live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today and take us with you alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack, Isaac Trotter in 20 minutes of 24-7 sports. We dig into what we saw last night in college basketball and some Super Bowl specials, that coming up in the middle of the third hour as well before we get to our lightning bets. But we'll talk a little bit of college hoops with Von Dalzell as well of NBC Sports. Before we get there, before we get to any NBA conversation as well, Von, first of all, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, But also, let's start here. The Super Bowl is set, Super Bowl 58, and already we've seen some line movement towards Kansas City what's your initial reaction to the to what we saw Sunday night in both of those games and what we now have set up in front of us uh, well my favorite thing of the weekend was probably the picture of Dan Campbell via text and saying if I send this to you that means I ain't trying to kick it um yeah <laughs> absolutely love that I mean whoever came with that but yeah why would you not kick that field goal Dan Campbell so I mean you know they're Detroit Lions were the most aggressive team, arguably, in the NFL all season long, and that's really what Dan Campbell prides himself in with Detroit. So it was difficult for me to watch that end of that game and know that Detroit kind of had that in the bag, but maybe have given away. You know, there's no telling that they would have stopped the Niners and scored to go up later in that game. But I I was disappointed by Dan Campbell's decision there. And with the Ravens, I mean, they just never got going. When you let Mahomes and company two drives in a row go right down your throat and score on you – I mean, it looked pretty bad from the start as a Baltimore Raven. So uh, I did not cast the Lamar Jackson over one half passing touchdowns because Zay Flowers fumbles at the one-yard line. But it was a great weekend, an enjoyable weekend. So uh, hopefully everyone made some money and enjoyed the games as much as I did. But uh, I certainly was rooting for Ravens-Lions, and we got Niners-Chiefs. So uh, I'm I'm still looking for the first person that says they're laying it with the Niners. Are you with seemingly everybody, <laughs> everybody that's on the KC side early? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard not to take the Chiefs. Like, you can get Mahomes as an underdog once again. Like, this guy's a cash cow as an underdog, so I definitely get it. And I was on the Ravens last week in the first half. I wanted to double back on the Chiefs' full game um, if they were trailing, but never got that. In this situation where, honestly, I do lean the liners. Um, I look at San Francisco, why they haven't played two good games at all the last two Pistons games. They found ways to win. And that defense has been nothing short of amazing all year. Why the Chiefs have had a a special defense, haven't held anybody, uh, no one scored over 27 points on them. I look at this game and say definitely a second half under will be a live bet. But I do lean the Niners right now. I thought it was too easy to get the Chiefs. I've talked to five people from NBC uh, since Sunday, and they're all on the Chiefs. Um, It seems like everybody is on Kansas City. So I I do lean the Niners, and I just think they are the more complete team overall. What have you bet already, and what do you have your eye on for the Super Bowl? (sighs) I haven't bet anything in the Super Bowl yet because I haven't decided what I want to do. I got a plus 400 ticket from the Chiefs making it here, okay? So we're looking at 
potentially MVP tickets. That's kind of where I've had my eye on. Now, Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes are probably the clear indicators of who you should be playing in the MVP markets here. Travis Kelsey could probably be a sneak pick because he's played so well. Um, but, you know, if I had people reach out to me already saying Isaiah Pacheco, Debo Samuel, Brian Ayuk, I think this is strictly going to be a quarterback award in this game. Uh, for Pacheco or Travis Kelsey to win MVP over Mahomes, they're going to have to have insane games where Mahomes will have to throw multiple picks, fumble the ball. And for the Niners, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is probably the best bet outside of Brock Purdy to win the MVP award. Um, but I, I just can't pick anyone besides a quarterback, to be honest with you guys. I would love to hear your opinion uh, on whether or not the MVP market is strictly quarterbacks this year because it's it's hard to take anybody else. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers, Vaughn, 16 of the last 25 MVPs have been quarterbacks. But then we also looked at it from this perspective. If you're going con- contrary to being a quarterback, right? And let's let's say neither yeah. quarterback does go for three touchdowns and 300 yards. Um, first of all, we haven't had a tight end win it before. Uh, and we've actually had almost as many defensive players in the last quarter century, four win it as running backs five or excuse me wide receivers five we haven't had a running back uh, as joe pointed out earlier since terrell davis in super bowl 32 all that being said if you believe that (laughs) 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 if you (laughs) if you believe that this is about defenses right and this is about if, if you're for example leaning san francisco and under then that immediately brings into play like a Bosa MVP bet, which is 100 to mm-hmm. 1 or more in most spots. So um, when you tie your game script to M- the MVP market, how do you look at it then? Yeah, no, that, that's a good point too, because uh, a couple of years ago, I gave out a Vaughn Miller ticket um, in the Super Bowl. And I only liked that one simply because he could have been a guy to break history and win it twice. Uh, here, we don't have that type of situation. And you mentioned Nick Bosa. He's Clearly the uh, top defender, defending candidate here for MVP. George Karloftis is up there. Chris Jones, too. Uh, one guy that I thought had a fantastic game that was getting picked on was Legereus Sneed. Uh, not that I'm going to take him at 15, or 150 to 1 odds, uh, but that guy had a lot of big plays. And if you saw the Ravens, they were kind of you know hitting them after mm-hmm. the plays, talking a lot of smack to him. So I have eyed up some of these defenders here in this market. I think taking Christian McCaffrey at plus 475 is going to be better than taking any of the defenders, though, Um, just because why we haven't had anyone since Super Bowl 32, as you mentioned, 1998. I was alive January 25th. That was my mom's birthday, by the way. I think CMC uh, is a clear indicator that he can get it done on the ground, through the air. Um, And you've seen how much they rely on him, man. On first and second downs, even if they're not running the ball, he's still one of the first or second looks for Brock Purdy to throw the football. So I'm still taking CMC over any defender here. I'm taking Travis Kelsey over any defender here. I don't believe Taylor Swift will be the one to get him the MVP. But, I mean, this guy has 12-plus games of 70-plus receiving yards and balled out in the previous game. So CMC and Kelsey are the only two options outside the quarterbacks for me. You know, she might get him the award because 20% is going to fans. But, uh, yeah, if, if oh. there's still some 20s out there. I, maybe wow. maybe that's that's worth a look. Uh, Vaughn, I, I do want to hit on some NBA. And the MVP market's changing every day. Like, it's a different conversation yeah, than yesterday. Embiid was a co-favorite at 2-1, to one, doesn't play. Now he's down to 5-1. to one, And SGA is the second favorite. And and there's a name that that's in the team photo in the top five, but for some he's been on a tear lately. But for some reason, 
I think people just keep passing on him because they've been disappointed in the past. And I'm talking about Luca. What did he put up? Another 45 Luka. last night? Like his numbers are are obscene. And <laughs> we saw late last week what he did. Like, should Luca be part of this? You can find a seven to one right now on Luca. Oh, man, that's actually crazy. I lied about the Mavericks last night and went to bed, didn't even watch the game because I was like, yeah, they're not going to win this game. And Luca had, I think, 11 points when I lied about him on like two of 14 shooting. Um, so, yeah, magnificent that he ended up with those numbers. But that is Luka Doncic. I mean, he's an offensive firehouse. Like the dude just puts up 30, 40, 50 points, and that's pretty much what you're going to get out of him outside of the rebounds and assists. Like he's not playing great defense. Uh, his team's not winning games. His team's not also being a one or two seed each year. So it makes sense that Luka Doncic continues to be outside the top three when it comes to MVP voting every single year. He just needs that team success. And with Kyrie Irving still injured, he's not going to be able to have that to push the MVP market. So while Joel Embiid has dropped now, I wouldn't. we said last week and two weeks ago, we've been talking about this market saying Joel Embiid is not the best pick because he may not care about the MVP as much as winning a national or winning a championship, excuse me, still on the college topics here. So I like Shy Gillis Alexander. I'm going to double back from the last two weeks and say today is the okay. day that I'm actually placing a bet on SGA. Plus 350 to plus 375 are the odds. We talked about voter fatigue with the forwards and the centers. This would be the fourth straight year a center wins. Hasn't happened since the late 70s. Um, I just think mm. this is a time where the Thunder can be a one or two seed. And SGA will have that type of success for his individual success, too. So give me SGA. I love it. Let's pivot to college basketball here. Number 14, Illinois at Ohio State. This spread at two and a half. Total 148 and a half. What do you like in this one? I actually can't believe the spread's still three. Um, I didn't place the bet last night because I was angry that I lost Texas first half plus three and they covered <laughs> the full game, went to overtime. Such, yeah. such BS. But uh, <laughs> Illinois is a much better team than Ohio State. Uh, I mean, when I do the Big Ten power ranks for NBC, Illinois is my number three ranked team in the Big Ten. Ohio State is number 12. Um, Illinois, to me, is a top 20 team in the country. Ohio State is outside the top 75. Uh, the only factor that the Buckeyes have here going for them is that they're the home team. Uh, they have 12 straight losses on the road, so playing at home is a big factor for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, but for Illinois here, they've been playing some really good games. They lost that overtime game over the weekend in Northwestern, and Northwestern's a team that I have ranked fifth in the conference. But Illinois, they have Terrence Shannon back in the starting lineup now. They're starting to look like a d different team offensively. Once they put that defensive stops together, which they can against Ohio State, I think that they're going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten and a team to watch out for in March. But as of right now, Illinois on the money line, minus 148 odds, minus three. I like both of those. I'm going to lock in the money line here, but uh, I just don't see why this spread has not grown at all. Illinois is clearly the better team. Vaughn Dalzell of NBC Sports, we appreciate the time as always, man. We'll catch up again soon. I might be there locking in an SGA for an MVP bet today with you as well. And uh, appreciate the Western Pennsylvania pronunciation of the word house, Haas. You're right, Donchich <laughs> is a total fire Haas. I love it. Yeah, I love that too. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I just got off of work today, guys, and I literally had a say like three or four things over and over to these kids because they were like what are you saying and i'm like ah the pittsburgh accents got to me early this morning it, when that it is. hits it hits hard thanks vaughn we'll catch up soon <laughs> it is you. BeckQL daily presented by BetMGM. mgm uh we'll talk more college hoops in just a couple of minutes 
with our guy Isaac Trotter of 24-7 Sports. But, you know, we've got a couple more home dogs in conference play. It, now, Georgia Tech's hosting North Carolina. That's to be expected, I think. Um, Villanova favored over Marquette. That's a home court favorite right there. Uh, some of those games we can dig into with Isaac. But maybe it, maybe if we just break even again with our blind home dogs, we'll, we'll end up hitting the system play tonight. Isaac coming up next. Super Bowl specials. Oh, yeah. Anthem. Gatorade color. All sort flyovers. All sorts of crazy bets in the middle of the third and final hour as well. Alongside Joe and Aaron, I'm Chris. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM.